the transfiguration event of Jesus is found in three Gospels. It was witnessed by three apostles, and three essential things happened during it. How's that? That's how I remember stuff. The transfiguration is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those three Gospels. It was witnessed by Peter, James, and John. And first, our Lord, in his glorification, became dazzling white before them. Imagine this. And then our Lord spoke with Moses and Elijah, the two most prominent figures of the Jewish faith. And then our Lord is called the Beloved Son by God the Father. The transfiguration event reveals to us the divine identity of Jesus. You need to remember that. You who have come here today for Jesus, he is divine. And the transfiguration event also was to inspire our Lord's team of three. Are you familiar with the 1312 principle? Everybody has one go to, everybody has three in your team. And everybody has 12 or more in your community. Our Lord had Peter, his one. Peter, James, and John were repeatedly his team. And he had his 12 apostles. Who's your 1-3-12? So our Lord, in inspiring his team, terrified his team. Whenever a human being in the Bible experiences the divine, the response is always the same. The human being is terrified. And then Peter, the leader, comes up with an idea. And he first says, hey, this is really neat. It's good that we're all here. Let's stay here. Let's erect a monument, three of them. Let's stay up on the mountain. And our Lord said, no, we can't do that. We're going to walk down the mountain. I will walk with you. And then I'm going to have you start thinking about what the resurrection from the dead means. That is essentially what the transfiguration means to me. This event probably happened on Mount Tabor in northern Israel. This is not Mount Tabor. I wanted to show you a mountain today. This is actually Phoenix, Arizona, okay? It's Piestawa Peak. It's actually 800 feet higher than Mount Tabor. This is the second highest peak in Phoenix after Camelback. During my 2018 sabbatical, when I was studying in the valley, this became my favorite place to exercise. I would get up before sunrise, I would hike by sunup, I climbed it almost 40 times. 
It takes about an hour to climb it. And when I get to the top, over 1,200 feet above the city, above the smog line, where it's quiet, with the city of millions below, I first say it's good that I'm here, that I'm, that I'm alive. Any one of those hikes could have... The first time I hiked it, I thought I was going to die. So it's, first of all, it, it appears that I've made it again. And then I think of the story of the transfiguration because I have to go down. I couldn't stay there very long. I had to descend. This change of plan, this descending, this accepting what is not our plan, this needs to be in our Lenten inventory. Because change is never easy in our lives, but it is a constant of our lives. We need to consciously portray ourselves as agents of change as we live. Cardinal Newman said that to be perfect, we need to change often. He said in the next world, it is otherwise. Yeah, in heaven, it's not like that. But he said to live here, to live is to change. And he said to be perfect means to have changed often. You who are leaders in your family, leaders at work, the responsibility of leaders is to affect and manage change. You, 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 you affect and you manage the change of the growth of your children, the, the change of their activities, the change in your... Our Pope Francis is trying to affect and manage change in our church. Institutions can naturally resist it. And we need to know that when change comes upon us, when my plan is changed for God's plan, God's plan is better. But we often don't know how. God's plan is hidden from us. God's, the understanding of God's will is hidden here now. But our Lord will walk with us. Think about how the divinity of our Lord was hidden until it was manifested in his transfiguration. And the greatest act of faith you do when you come here is you come up and you receive the Holy Eucharist. Because even the mystery of the Eucharist, the body and blood, soul divinity, is hidden in the appearances of bread and wine. But it sustains us. It nourishes us. It's your greatest act of faith. We put the Eucharist in our mouths because we believe what came from the mouth of our Lord who said, take and eat, take and drink. On Tuesday, we're having one of our Eucharistic encounter nights here at Corpus Christi. We're having four of them. The third one is on Tuesday. If you haven't come to one, I, I recommend during Lent, it's a good time to come to one. 7 p.m. Tuesday. Our bishop will be here to speak. I will speak. 
Father Obergewitsch will speak. It sounds, it's not going to be that much speaking. It sounds like a lot of speaking. And then we have adoration. We will have confessions. And then we will sing the beautiful Divine Mercy Chaplet, reminding ourselves of those words of St. Faustina. Quite frankly, a prayer we need to pray every day. Those simple words of St. Faustina, Jesus, I trust in you. So, my message for you is this. We need to be ready to come down the mountain. We need to be ready to have our plan changed. We need to be ready to accept change. But when we do, our Lord is walking with us. And the Eucharist is nourishing us to continue because as we say Jesus I trust in you